how is all the volume and stuff over there? Good. Um, Sweet. You sound like you're not straining yourself as much as usual. You sound more relaxed because you're right next to the mic, so it's good. Yeah, it's not. Colin, stop touching me. How's my mic? I'm not you're like good. usually holding it like this, so. No, you don't need to. You're good. It's weird. It's oddly shaped. It's like facing towards like your section of my chest. So yeah. it's like it feels you like you gotta get the titty noises pointed towards my face. Like you this gotta, instead of like <laughs> yeah, you gotta get the titty noises. My comic that may cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Uh, we are not joined by Colin today for undisclosed secret reasons. That he definitely disclosed last week. Uh, yeah, d- definitely did. Yeah, so it's just the two of us. It's also a very light news week again. So that's great. I think this is possibly the lightest news week we've ever had. I think so. Barring the times that we've skipped the news because yep. you weren't there. <laughs> Uh, yep. So we have the first images of Mortal Kombat 2021. Um, currently it's just called Mortal Kombat. They didn't look like all that. It's just two people standing there getting ready to fight or in the middle of a fight. And it's like clearly posed to look like Mortal Kombat, but I didn't see Easter eggs or hints to what's going to come. I mean, I'm, I've only played like one Mortal Kombat and it wasn't a very good port of it. So I don't know my, uh, whatever one's on the Vita. Ooh. Yeah. That's I think nine. No, it's eight or nine. I believe. Um, so I don't know. I'm not up on all my Mortal Kombat lore. I know a lot about the first one and how it was evil and caused school shootings, but <laughs> yes so that's pretty much it yeah i'm kind of with you on that i don't think they were trying to be like "Ooh, their teaser images it's more like they had a photo shoot from um for you know when you have like a a trade uh that covers like a, a blockbuster movie and they just have photos and they do like the special edition cover and stuff like that it looks like it was that just smaller right kind of um so just for clarity's sake, I googled it. It is technically unnumbered in the title, but it is the ninth entry of the game. Okay, it's the the yeah, it's Mortal Kombat. It's the reboot, right? I actually really like that one, but the port was pretty rough from what I heard. As far as I could tell, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I prefer Injustice. I'm kind of with you on that. That's just a character preference. Um, I like beating the crap out of people with evil Superman. But also Sub-Zero is better. Um, yeah, so I didn't really take much out of these. I was pleased in the sense of it looks high quality, which is more than I can say for any other Mortal Kombat anything. Uh, there right. was a mini series a couple of years ago that was pretty solid. Hmm. Uh, wasn't amazing, but like even that was kind of cheap. So that's a positive. It doesn't look overly dark and gray and gritty. Like there's some stuff in there. There's different lighting. It's right. just not the most exciting thing, which is fine. But there wasn't really much there. There's also a synopsis. A synopsis. 
Syn- yes, synapses. Synopsis <laughs> released, and it was nothing exciting at all. It was basically the plot of the first game with a hmm. few names switched around, which isn't a bad idea. I think the first couple of games have a much better plot to follow because the ones now have time travel and sh- it's getting weird. Cool. Um, I don't know. I have only played that one. I was like, nah, I'll stick to Injustice. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. on a quality I, controller. <laughs> fair enough. Um, like, it's impressive that they were able to port it to the Vita, but it's still just not the preferred platform. Yeah, especially because the Vita is like barely a PS3 in terms of specs. Right. And that is a PS3 game, which was then, ups, I believe, upscaled. It is backwards compatible with current gen, I believe. Really? At least on the Xbox side of things, because PlayStation hates their user base and will not be consumer friendly on anything. Well, they changed it for the five, but to only be back, be only be <laughs> yeah, backwards the with four. the four because it's the same <laughs> architecture. It's the same console, just bigger. One would hope, right? So something that happened this morning, technically, mm. I should not have been awake to see it. Um, Morbius got moved again. No. <laughs> It's coming out in January 2022. Um, The reason being they moved uh, No Time to Die, the newest Bond movie, to the the October 8th, I believe it was, release date that Morbius was on. They wanted more prime real estate, so they bumped the movie that will probably be mediocre, which makes sense. Right. I was... I think last time you announced that it was getting moved, I said to February, so... Yeah, it was, it was literally last week. It's great. Um, that's the end of the news. There's freaking nothing. Nice. Um, yeah. Do we really? Talk- nothing. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about WandaVision since we both watched it approximately 30 minutes ago? Yes, we do. Um, I was thinking about it this morning, and there's a couple of reasons why we haven't been playing the theme song. One, it's kind of not unique it's kind of generic uh symphony music and it also and also changes every episode well no there's the there is that but um there's a piece during the credits okay you're talking about that one i i like that one but it isn't rec it's not as recognizable as right. you know anything else really <laughs> right yeah i'm i'm pretty pleased with how the music's turning out but that's just because i'm i'm freaking musical score junkie right it but, does crack me up that they change the theme song in the beginning of the episode every episode i do quite i really like how well they've embraced the setting changes with each yeah. episode even it, though it bleeds through towards the end it's it's like all encompassing the humor shifts styles just so slightly the laugh tracks get updated a little bit even though yep. you know they're still laugh tracks um obviously the the color just got added in this episode. So this was the the very evidently uh, Brady Bunch inspired episode. All right. That's what I thought, but I yeah. thought Brady Bunch was older than that. So I was trying to think of what else it could have been. Nope. 70s. Early 70s. Um, hmm. Yeah, there was um one of the the toy that the doll that Vision was putting a diaper on yeah. um, is from the Brady Bunch. So, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's just Easter egg stuff. Um, I have literally never watched an episode of Brady Bunch. I definitely did watch a few, and that was about it. I'm very happy with that statistic. 
it's not horrible for like a 70s sitcom. Again, I don't like sitcoms, so that means something if I kind of enjoy it. It's not amazing, but it's fine. Mm. Um, overall is it, thoughts? Is it Mortal Kombat fine or sitcom fine? It's sitcom fine. <laughs> Mortal Kombat fine is at least fun because it's retarded. Right. It felt like they got the plot out of the way very quickly. They, uh, Wanda has her pregnancy in about 10 minutes. <laughs> and then if after that, it's like all spooky stuff and what's going on in the show and, and trying to define what is quote unquote reality uh, within the show. So I kind of appreciated they quickly got that out of the way and they were giving us more of what we want. <laughs> yeah. So I genuinely laughed this episode. Like it's still mild cringe and it's still sitcom comedy, but comparatively speaking, it's a lot funnier. There at was, least up my alley. I can give you that. There was, um, I'm not one to laugh out loud at the TV. Really? Yeah. It takes a lot. Um, to get me to laugh. I should preface, I chuckled properly a few times. I wasn't lolling. So this one did get a a gust of air through my nose at one point. Sharp exhale. Yes. It's like when you see a good meme. Um, Yeah, like it was definitely still very 70s sitcom and the same style of jokes in sitcoms that I just generally don't appreciate, like the whole husband stupid jokes like i get mm-hmm. it they're, sometimes they're sometimes they're funny but that is just how the those shows have operated since the beginning of time right so it, it i'm not going to fault the show that is partially satirizing and also partially just embracing the the sitcoms of the different eras so i can't really fault it for having that sense of humor that is the point right it's just this one was actually funnier than the other ones because it was just like the um sympathetic pregnancy jokes and i those are funny at least for me <laughs> I, I knew okay. a guy who went through that and it was pretty funny. I have, I, I'm pretty confident I know where this is going now, or at least I have a stronger idea compared to there's a lot of different paths it could have taken from the first two episodes. Right. I'm very confident that she is actually holding a real town ha- hostage. I was thinking at, that. It, as, that seems to be where it's going. It's not. The end of the episode for our listeners, in case you haven't seen it, one spoilers, too late, but anyway. Uh, they show a town sign. I think it was Westview. Yes. I don't know the meaning of that yet. Um, in in proper freaking 16 by 9 aspect, right? like normal widescreen with dark MCU color grading on it. It's very evidently modern day. Right. Um, they pan to kind of like an under the dome effect. Um, I don't know what else. I'm sure there's a couple other examples that we could make, but I'm not coming up with any right now. Uh, the new mutants. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, the military is surrounded the dome and a character gets kicked out of the dome. Yeet. I'm going to assume that sword is trying to infiltrate the dome. I would think probably either infiltrate or because it sounds like they're the ones communicating via the radio um they're at least trying to figure out what's going on because it would it looks like 
for reasons undisclosed, Wanda has like kind of deluded herself to, yep. to an extent, whether intentionally or not. And she's holding an actual town under a dome to live out her fantasies. Well, I figure it's completely by accident. Like, just like during her pregnancy, when all the weird things were happening inside the house, I'm thinking... But she did intentionally kick out that character. And she there was a much darker tone to that than, Mm. what's going on? Oopsies. It's more like, uh, mm -mm, she's gone now. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Like that, that yeah, I was she, very impressed with. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared, but it's like, I'm, I'm getting genuine tension out of it. Yep. The, all of the acting does really well to just switch like from yeah. goofy sitcom to something isn't right. And yeah. then back to goofy sitcom. It's I'm like very, very impressed. Awesome th- acting on everybody's yeah. part. Definitely. I think that that in particular, because she's the character who does it the most by far, I'm very, very sure that Agnes is somebody a lot bigger. There's so many bloody theories floating around on that that I'm not going to get into that. That'd be just that's the one with the dark hair, right? That, yeah, that's the the one. She was in the marketing a little bit. She's the, yeah, she's the one with the dark hair. She's the the quirky neighbor who's like, no, don't, don't talk about it. Shut the f*** up. Right. I'm going to go now. Yeah. Like, she definitely has at least an idea what's going on right? and is conscious. So she's potentially manipulating the situation or is like the most undercover person possible for this because it looks like her husband kind of has an idea and then everybody else is basically clueless. I don't think we've seen her husband. That was the one next door. The... He has an afro this episode. I don't think they're married. I'm going to double check that because she is the next door neighbor. I think she's the other next door. I'm going to check that because that's going to bug me now. I don't think, I don't know. I could be wrong. What if she has no husband and it's only name dropping because my husband sucks jokes. Right, exactly. Okay, hers are getting a chuckle out of me. Like they're, it's the most unoriginal. Ha, my husband's shit. But it's so much that it's just becoming kind of funny. It's wearing you down. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) A little bit. I saw an article that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to speculating about the blonde lady and how she could be undercover like this and secretly an actual comic book character. And I don't know, it was a lot of speculation. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Agnes it was saying about her so yeah because there's um in the more hardcore comic community there seems to be a pretty large theory floating around of who agnes is she's it's a a witch character who's been around for a long ass time not terribly interesting but like she's like backup doctor strange basically Hmm. um which could be it or she could be the devil because you you need mephisto in here somewhere um I'm I am My, kind of like literally Loki is coming up <laughs> next. <laughs> I would really hope no in all honesty. I'm 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 the as the days go on I'm more and more tired of <laughs> Loki to be honest. But like, I mean I, besides your personal views of the characters like why best would Fisto is always closely working with or against Loki in the comics. Like you look at to an extent, Loki comic yeah. lines and Mephisto is going to be in there somewhere. 
This is true. It depends on how they do an interpretation. Because, like, if you read, I think Ghost Rider comics, which I'm going to get to, is an interesting way to look at the relationship between Marvel and Satan. Because every time you see him, it's different. Right. It's like is it depends on the, either the writer and also the character that you're like viewing him through. Because if you go to a Ghost Rider, 99% of the time he's just straight up like Lucifer for most of it. Right. But it, towards the newer stuff now, he is Mephisto, so he's a little different, but he's still basically Lucifer. Like it's it just goes a change, back and forth, basically in mythologies and right because it's not actual mythology. It's right. I am this somewhat extra dimensional being and I kind of just parade around this way and I always have. So it's like a, it's like how the Norse gods in, you know, Marvel aren't actually gods. I mean, they are gods in like the lower G they have massive power sense, but like, they're not actually what they are. It's how we interpret it. They're just other alien races that are just happen to mythologize and Norse worship them. And Mm -hmm. so you know, it depends because, like, I the idea uh, because the the devil has been associated with Wanda a lot as well. She had little demon babies once. That was the thing. Um, there's like, a lot of like, really weird stuff. Like a boy. Uh, kind of. Except they became the devil's arms. It was weird. Um, but like that's also been a thing because she has this habit of wishing for things. <laughs> no more mutants um, and other stories where she just does kind of dumb catastrophic shit because she's that was House of X, right? Hmm? That was House of X, right? Uh, House of M. That's ah, odd. Yeah, there's a few different. There's like a Stupid lot of freaking different alphabet. Get out of my math. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of different stories that he's involved in to some extent or another. So I, the idea of them potentially doing that. With kind of like uh, Spider-Man, uh, one more day. That story that everybody hates, and we should. And hopefully, Spider-Man Three takes nothing from. Is that the one where he turns into an actual spider? No, oh. there's a couple of those that aren't actually that bad. No, it's the one where he makes a deal with the devil to save Aunt May, but he like sells his marriage and his memories with Mary Jane to the devil, and it's f- stupid. It was just okay. a continuity reset. It was just, okay, Aunt May will live, and now we go back to Peter being in, like, early college and hasn't met Mary Jane yet. It was stupid. It was yep. horrible. Yep. It was also Sounds so like un-Spider-Man. But the concept of living out um, some personal fantasy at sacrifice of something else, because, like, we don't know if Vision has been revived. Like, if she's pu- imagine if she's just puppeteering his corpse, basically. That'd be absolutely horrifying. He's probably not alive. The, the, the Mind Stone doesn't exist anymore, so they right. can't just bring him back in that sense. They'd have to do it somewhat differently, or he is also a figment of her imagination. That's what I've been thinking. Is she, He's a figment of her imagination because the stone is definitely still intact in his head. So It's going to be very sad when this ends, and then he just like dies or falls apart or disappears. It's going to be very sad. I'm pretty sure that's the motivation of the show is his that's, death. Yeah. So that's what I was, I was trying to figure is like, it's her consciously or subconsciously or unintentionally either making a deal with somebody or being told how to do things a la Anakin Skywalker that 
are going to really go down the wrong path instead of the place that he wants to go. And then she has to fix that because she's being a dumb bitch and is holding a whole town hostage to live out her sitcom fantasies. I think it's... You're saying it's more intentional than... And I'm saying it's like a a mental break, (laughs) pretty much. I think think it's both. I think it's an an accident. I mean, it... And she's like imagining what could have been. Right. Because they didn't really have all that much story together before he died. Right. At least not that we saw. Like they were in, um, they were in Germany for a while, but we didn't get to see that much of that. Yeah. I think it's just an emotional break. She's going crazy almost and is accidentally holding the town hostage and imagining what could have been if he hadn't died. Something there's, there's definitely something. So funny business. Do you think they will revive vision somehow? Uh, good question. Um, I don't know. In all honesty, I'm pretty split on that. I think as usual, Spencer can't decide anything. Um, (laughs) Cause part of me thinks part of me is going in the, the cynical direction is going Marvel can be stupid and just not commit to things and they'll bring him back for some stupid reason which I hope they don't. I don't think they will because they are taking such a different direction. Like they're clearly trying to take risks and do different stuff and not just stick to status quo. So that leads me to believe like logically speaking, they're probably not going to, but if they do, he's going to have to be different in some capacity or another. Right. Cause it's imagine- the mind stone. Right. Or well, technically no, because they did say because it's it's not just the stone; it's the stone plus Ultron plus um, Jarvis. Right, but Ultron plus Jarvis minus the stone is going to be different. Right, so it'll definitely be different. But like, ima- some part of me thinks maybe that they'll just have him live inside her head for the rest of the time. Because like clearly, that because this has fallout. It's not just this show because this interferes with Doctor Strange. She's in it. She's a co lead. Mm. Somehow, this is supposed to lead to multiverse. So this, and then technically speaking, that has leak over effects into Spider Man Three. <clears throat> not happy. So like there, it's pretty large. I don't know, but imagine if like you can she he's there but just in her head like she can just talk like after the eventually when all this trauma is sorted out and she's like mentally stable again like she just has him in his head like she just not like as a hallucination but like she intentionally is like i'm just gonna have a construct that walks around like nobody else can see it but i can just for the sake of conversation because like her relationship like in the in the mcu her Almost entire character exactly sound like mental stability. (laughs) No, but also these people put on costumes to beat the shit out of people. You know, you never know. Fair. Um, (laughs) Kinky, because her entire like character so far has been defined by her relationship with another person. Like she hasn't had time to develop as her because when she was introduced in Age of Ultron, she was a twin. She was very brother. Right, they're almost never seen not together. They clearly have a very strong relationship. He dies in the stupidest way possible, but I don't hate the fact that he died. I just, you know, the way that that was done. He so was then, definitely the weakest Quicksilver of of the year. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, Which I is actually like the X Men yeah. one came out at the same time for any comic book nerds out there that don't know. Yeah, I actually like the MCU one more. Don't hate me, but 
Really? Um, yep. Not because it's objectively better, but just because I enjoy it. But okay. So like it's her and then her kind of at war with Tony Stark. And then she gets attached to vision because she is unstable and they're both created from the mind stone and had to deal with Ultron and all that sort of stuff. So then they're just linked up and like, she's not from what I, from my own personal interpretation, she's not emotionally independent at all because she was raised in a horrible environment and their parents died. And then they were basically kept in a lab and emotional drama after emotional trauma, after emotional trauma. So like she needs to, in a sense, kind of grow up like a little bit, not like a bad way, but like she hasn't learned to cope with reality by herself because she's always had a crutch there. And now she doesn't have that crutch. Mm. I mean, Hawk, Hawkeye's still around, but like, I don't see that being a lot of crossover. And That's... I mean, Hawkeye doesn't have Widow anymore, so. <laughs> Oof. It's true. It's true. So he just right. randomly picks up some 25-year-old chick is like, here, take my bow. You are Hawkeye now. Right. Anyways, um, I enjoyed this episode more than the other two. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're getting better and better as time goes on. That first one was so cringe. <laughs> um, so, so moving on. Um, what have you been consuming? Ooh. All right, I'm going to do the hot and heavy one first. So I read Tales from the Dark Universe. So I uh, covered the first issue a while back before I had read Metal, and I was a bit too harsh on it. Um, Now that I know the context, I would like to re-rate that. So I am speaking about Nightfall, which is... Uh, The original is when Bane breaks Batman's back. Um, So the Dark Universe version um, shows a character called Tempest Fugonaut, or Fugonaut, who is the guardian against the Dark Universe. So I misunderstood that the first time I read it. I thought he was trying to find evil versions of heroes to bring to the metal universe to help destroy it but it was the exact opposite he's trying to prevent the dark universe from invading reality so he's trying to find uh good heroes from the multiverse the dark universe story of nightfall uh depicts Azrael uh torturing batman um batman has become some sort of robot monstrosity he's basically a brain in a jar um kind of deal love love brains and jars Mm. uh batman is provided an escape and gets this weird uh micro uh, uh nanobot technology kind of deal so that his basically brain in a jar is can be composed and decomposed into tiny little bats uh, as, as he needs. He goes after Azrael after years and years and years of torture and violently kills him and displays him. And Tempest Fugina is like, nope, going to leave this one here. So that's the end of that story. Uh, the next is the death of Superman. Um, the original, I was surprised to find, is amazing. 
I was really good. Really impressed. Dan oh. Jurgens' run on Superman post friggin' crisis is is just great stuff. Like Superman with a ponytail kind of drives me crazy, which is <laughs> ironic because I too have a ponytail, but it just doesn't fit freaking Superman. It feels so nineties. The mullet honestly fits better, and the mullet's still a bit much. Ugh. So anyway, um, I really, really appreciated in the original that each page is a huge single art piece. It, there's no frames or, or blocks depicting different scenes. Like Each page is its own scene, and people speak in bubbles in that scene, but there are no breaks in it. Like That was amazing. In the dark version, Lois gains the power of Superman and kills all the villains in the world and then accidentally kills the revived Superman. They revive him just like they do in the original Superman run, Death of Superman run. So then when he dies, she basically decides to end the entire world. It felt kind of unoriginal. It's the logical place to take it. They didn't come up with anything new, really, is what I thought. <laughs> the next issue is Blackest Night. So the original has a ton of unexplained backstory. It only includes the first issue of Blackest Night, which is in like the second third of that entire Green Lantern run. So there's a ton of backstory. Yes. Um that is completely unexplained. So having only but read zombies, this one issue left me very confused. Um, <laughs> and it's kicking off basically an event in the DC universe. So ugh, that was, was messy. The dark version was not as complicated. Um, Sinestro is a white lantern and everybody else is becoming a Black Lantern, kind of like a zombie apocalypse. Sinestro teams up with Dove, Miracle Man, and freaking Lobo <laughs> to try to save the world. And it's a weird lineup. <laughs> it's great. I really liked it. Uh, Lobo just kicks ass. It's a crazy story. It's a wild ride. Infinite On Crisis, Lobo's motorcycle. Uh, it is in there. A crazy wild ride. Yeah, I know. know. Bad joke. Yeah, you're not getting the applause effect for that one. Oh. Um, Next is Infinite Crisis, which our longtime listeners may know. I did not appreciate the first one, and it led to me not reading the rest of the series because it's so complicated and confusing uh, before it even gets started. Rereading it for a third time didn't help. <laughs> clarify anything um and it turns out that it doesn't even matter uh the dark universe events refer to happenings in the countdown to infinite crisis 80 page special in that blue beetle knows something about the coming crisis and tells the justice league and they tell him to go away he's stupid and nobody likes him uh so he investigates more and gets killed by Lord Maxwell Lord, Lord. Right. yes. So yeah, Blue Beetle gets killed by Maxwell Lord. Um, in the Dark Universe issue, they ask what would happen if he isn't killed by Maxwell Lord. It 
ends up with Blue Beetle pretty much getting absolute power and then uh, becoming the thing that the Justice League has to fight against instead of what they actually do in the crisis. That's Um, very weird. This one was deep. (laughs) This one uh, was for the nerds. Like, (laughs) you need so much backstory to understand what's going on. Uh, I couldn't read it fast enough just to get it over with. (laughs) What I do appreciate about it was that it took a lot of story from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, Having read that, I kind of appreciated all those nods. Um, The last issue in this book is Judah's Contract. The original uh, included issue was the fourth of four in the story. Um, It was kind of a typical 80s comic. One of the Teen Titans betrays the team because they're batshit crazy and uh, Deadshot and his kids are there and there's a lot of drama and a lot of destruction, but it's really, really dated. The updated version has interesting art. It felt like it was, you know, geared towards a younger crowd still, but it still has the really dark story Tempest Fugonaut's point through the whole story is that um, Robin shows the bad, the villain uh, Mercy in the dark. Uh, not not Mercy, I guess compassion would be a better word um, in the dark universe story, and it leads to a worse, more tragic event than the original. So. Tempest's point is that sometimes you kind of just have to let something happen because it'll turn out better than if you go back and change it seemingly for the better. Um, That's like one of the most nihilistic endings to a book I've read. No, I've, I've heard of in a while. Yeah. So overall nightfall, the one I bashed two months ago was the best story out of this whole book. And I feel kind of bad for bashing it because I didn't understand the context. So proof I'm not Well, maybe don't batch things until you have read them again, like 10 times. Right. That's definitely the moral of the story. So yes. What have well, you clearly done? this book doesn't have a moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I read the complete uh ghost rider run by daniel way it is 19 issues so this is this is the way this is the way um this this series is the way so the uh, way i do know the way <laughs> i have seen the queen um so <laughs> this started in 2006 and ran until 2007 so this is part of a larger run so we have this part by Daniel Way, and then it kicks off uh, The War with Heaven, which was written by Jason Aaron. Um, technically speaking, Jason Aaron has actually written more of this run than Daniel Way did, which is really weird. Um, but I read the first collected edition. Um, Daniel Way was really busy at this time in the 2000s, apparently, because he did a bunch of other stuff. So this is basic plot summary. Ghost Riders in Hell. Um, because he went to hell for reasons. 
which doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, And then he is trying to escape and he does escape, but by being tricked by Satan or Lucifer, as he's usually referenced in this run. I think you mean Mephisto. (laughs) Oh, actually, he wasn't identified as Mephisto until the later 2000s. I can really do that voice. Um, Yeah, so he was, it was referenced as Lucifer. SpongeBob. Uh, no, that was more like, I don't even know. There was, there's a thing. I just don't remember what I, what I'm actually doing anyways. Um, so this is a very, very, uh, heaven and hell centric run, but in the, in a similar way as to the way the Hellboy does it, whereas it's a, it's kind of its own mythology, very loosely based on some like unorthodox beliefs. So like, um, you'll find out later in the, the ghostwriter stuff, just other knowledge I happen to know of hell's actually run by a committee, which is hilarious. So Lucifer is actually one of multiple different, like not barons of hell. We're not talking about doom here, um, <laughs> but like what he's one of many, he might be bigger than the other ones and more troublesome. Uh, it would have been funny there's... if there had been subcommittees and subcommittees from that, but I get I, the I point. Look, it looks like there are lots of subcommittees. It's like a Baptist congregation. And same thing with hell. It's not just run by big G God. It's, um, I don't remember what the Marvel term is for big G God, but um, there's also a lot of different committees run by different angels and they all have very strange names. And some of them are cast out, but they're not like cast down. Theologically speaking, people should understand what I'm saying. But for like regular people who aren't deep into theology, they're 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 like angels that are cast out of heaven or into like a into a lesser heaven, but they aren't cast down to go be demons or whatever you want to call them with Lucifer. So like they're still angels and they're still working to do good things, but they've done they've done enough bad things where they're not like top tier angels anymore, which is really weird. It's so complicated. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't you. I was saying just so, the general setting is overcomplicated. It's not that I'm very much so making it more like you don't. A lot of that is very ancillary information, to be honest. I have a habit of doing that. Basically, breaks no. out of hell, accidentally breaks out Satan. And because Satan doesn't have an actual body to go back to in the real world, when he goes, when he crosses the the barrier from hell into the real world, he breaks into, um, guess the number, 666 pieces. <laughs> and he uh, inhabits recently dead bodies. So there are 666 satan's running around they all they share the collective power so because he's in um earth he has more control than he would actually in hell but because he's broken up into so many different bodies and they're all mostly autonomous um he's fairly weak so the first few are stupid easy to kill um there's some interactions with dr strange and some angels and stuff like that and eventually the, the by the time the book ends he has killed all of them except one you know lots of battles ensue um lots of small towns get destroyed in typical ghostwriter fashion and he ends up teaming up with the devil at the end because apparently he didn't learn from the first time he did that or the second time or the third time he keeps making deals with the devil it's a bad idea because plot twist he's actually an angel not satan ghostwriter because the spirit of vengeance is actually from heaven like why would the why would 
the the logic behind it basically the angels explaining it to him are like why on earth would deem like a demon spirit in you be killing people from the real world like isn't that the point of evil is to just run amok and do what it wants and to have more chaos and destruction and that's whenever any demons or satan are in the real world that's what they're doing it's like are you stupid it's from god in some capacity or another because you're taking said people and you're sending them to hell <laughs> um just a little on the nose but i like it <laughs> so he ends that and he finds out that basically lucifer like when he made the deal with lucifer Mephisto, whatever the f- he made that deal he lucifer has his soul but somewhere in that process it got confused so heaven also has a piece of him hence why he's now a ghostwriter it's weird so um basically he was cursed by heaven and hell at the same time because he doesn't want to have this burden and have this other thing in his head and not be able to have a life and like all that stuff. So he decides to go on a war with heaven and that is the end of this run. So he's, he's teaming up with Satan to go kill angels. It's really weird. That's the basic plot. It's a lot smaller than I made it sound to be honest. There's I was going to say, how big is this run? 19 issues and that's not including the actual war with heaven this is just all of the earth-based stuff so was this run canceled before he could war with heaven or is there another nope. run nope there's a whole another thing it was just nice. written by a different author that's written by jason aaron before he got stupid popular um uh, yeah, so there's run? a lot can we expect no. that next week See, that's the thing is I have limited my list of purchases for the rest of this year to a select list because I need to be better with my money. And that happens to not be on it because either I buy two $35 books and a $20 book, or I buy the $220 omnibus because it's stupid hard to find and it's older. Um, or I don't. And I just don't do that because I have so many other things I want to finish first. Like I want to do this because it's, shorter than all the other stuff like i need to finish picking up all the rest of the the heavy metal books when those come out i'm also reading all of the deceased books this year so it's just you really don't have to i can lend you metal i already own most of it that's the problem (laughs) i need to be smart about this so i might sit in the store and read it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's why you (laughs) go out and make friends who just happen to own comic book stores. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it's made up. This story is made up of a bunch of smaller stories with different artist teams, a, a handful of them. Same writer. There is some art in here by Richard, by um, Richard Corbin, which is relevant because we've been talking about him a bit recently. He also mm-hmm. recently passed away. Um, I think his art is better here than it is in Hellboy. It's really the way he draws humans that bothers me. Um, Like with Colin, just because of the way the proportions are, it's intentionally grotesque, but it's just so upsetting for me to read or look at consistently. Mm. Um, But I think the way he does Ghost Rider is actually really cool. Um, It just really depends on the color combinations with his art as well. Sometimes it's just too effing vibrant for what it wants to be. But um, for the most part, the art... Um, whose artist name I'm forgetting is really, really f-ing good. It is just, I don't, I genuinely don't know how to describe it because I'm not terribly artistic myself, but it's just excellent stuff. Um, so we're going to phone a friend and ask Colin to 
<laughs> Help describe it. Uh, yeah, but no. Um, Guest star on the to... show. <laughs> so Holler, it, where are you it, calling in from? <laughs> uh, it does also involve a re- a revived jack o' lantern. Um, in case you got, in case anybody knows who that is, it's a car. It's a really shitty Marvel villain. It's just this idiot in a costume with a pumpkin on his head who mm-hmm. died, but he gets revived and is also Satan. And that was really cool. There's a there's a story whereas it's him resurrecting a bunch of dead bodies and having basically a small zombie apocalypse in this little town with a sheriff and ghostwriter. And that was really cool. That's about it. I could talk about that one for a while. This is one of the <laughs> I ghostwriter has worked its way up my list to be a very, very top tier character, even though the runs are kind of inconsistent and all over the place. Right. I enjoy almost all of them. Just a character that doesn't get the love he deserves. Yes. So I read uh, issues one through five of Daredevil from 2019. I was planning to read the entire run, but got distracted. Uh, it is written by Chip Zdarsky and yes. is by Marco Cecchetto. I hope I'm saying that right. There's two C's. So two C's. Not Sorry. not three, not three C's and a K. There are actually three C's, but oh, I'm assuming the second one is a K sound, and then the third one makes the T sound. Check shadow. Hmm. But anyway, it starts with Daredevil recovering from something that happened. He goes on a regular bust and accidentally kills somebody. Uh, so he's trying. He's denying that he killed the person and he's trying to blame all the usual suspects. Uh, somebody messed with the character or the, the, the bad guy on his way to the hospital or somebody's trying to frame daredevil. And it turns out that he really just did accidentally kill the guy. Um, I'm hearing a lot of good things about this run. I'm very interested. Yeah. So along the story, we see the Punisher. Punisher kidnaps Daredevil and is like, yeah, it's about time. You've joined my side. You're actually killing the bad guys that deserve to be killed. And Daredevil's like, uh, no, it was an accident. <laughs> I still kind of hate you. Um, so, he, he, he just won't be friends with him. It's so sad. He just wants to be frenzies. Right. Punisher, of all people, just wants a friend. And Daredevil won't. Um, we also see the defenders, which is actually done well. Unlike certain TV shows, um, <laughs> it was one cool. day. We'll, one day we'll get to that. <laughs> it's cool when Daredevil is escaping the Punisher's hideout or lair or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ooh, he a lair, a shirt. Uh, so he just grabs a random shirt and he's running around unknowingly in a Punisher t-shirt. <laughs> so he's like mostly dressed like Daredevil, but he's got the Punisher t-shirt and blood stains on it. And it's really epic. That's, that's like a cop wearing the Punisher symbol. That's a bit sketch. Not quite because Daredevil's freaking blind. He couldn't see the Punisher I mean, logo yes. on the shirt. So it was an accident, but the defenders are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> You're having serious mental issues here. You're wearing a freaking Punisher shirt. And he's like, I am. <laughs> he like looks Aww, down. Shit. <laughs> so they have a decent intervention with Daredevil to try to Ooh. make him come around. 
so in the end, it seems like I should have read a previous run before this one because of whatever he's recovering from. There's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of backstory that I should know about, but don't. Um, things like Kingpin as mayor. From what I've been told and kind of read online, the past like three or four uh, big Daredevil runs for the past like decade are not interlinked, but like they all build on top of each other from that, you know, that way when different artists are like, I'm going to recontextualize what you did and then do my own thing. And then the next guy does the same bloody thing. Hmm. It's like they all take a (laughs) kind like they, they take a different angle of like a different main tenant of the character to inspect sort of deal. Weird. Um, but yeah, I I don't care that I haven't read the previous run. I'm going to see this one to the end. Ha, ha, see it. I'm really bad today. Also, I refused to give you the interlinked sound effect. So yeah, the last one on Marvel Service came out in September. So I'm sure it's not the end of the actual run. But I think it just recently ended, I think. So hopefully it'll get over there so you can read it and tell me more. There's 22 issues on the service and I haven't Googled to see how many are in the actual line yet. I can do that while you are telling us about what else you have read or watched or done. Mortal Kombat. Nice. I, I can't, I can't scream into the microphone today. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so I watched the original uh, 95 movie. <laughs> I was feeling mildly bored and Ugh. I wanted I wanted some cheese and I still like it. And it wasn't um, your cake day. Some blue cheese memes. No, it, it really wasn't. Um Yeah, so it has some absolutely atrocious visual and special effects. Um to be honest, the choreography isn't horrible. It's shot really shittily. <laughs> and clearly has a budget of like a shoestring and a half. Um, but for what it is, I, I I still hold this as one of the best video game adaptations, which really just says how low the bar is. Yep. But like, but still, I get enjoyment out of it, not just because oh, it's... B- have you seen Monster Hunter yet? Yes, I have. I told you about that. Uh, not on air, I think, but I did right. tell you okay. about it. So... This You'd one probably enjoy it. <laughs> still tops that one? For my preferences, yeah. Like, it's better. Like, Monster Oof. Hunter's better made, but, like, also has a pretty weird premise and doesn't do a lot with it. Mm. I still like It's Mortal Kombat. It's a simple plot with some simple characters. It's very caricature-ish. It's very video gamey, and I like it. Although the underground subway balls are still really weird. I kind of like it. They're really weird. But I, I I do like this movie kind of unironically. The sequel, dear God, no. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is an abortion. But um, yeah, I, I kind of like it. It's it's not great. It's not that amazing. But for being one of the first ones that was at least kind of trying, it's not bad. It's difficult to make a movie out of a video game that struggles to make a story yeah 
I mean, it's like, already hard enough to make a movie in the first place. Like, right. That's already stupidly hard. When the original game came out, it was literally without a story, right? Pretty. Uh, it, there it, was a story, but it was like the most. It, it, yes. Basic. It was the game was made for you to beat up. <laughs> it was a fighting game, just like Street Fighter. Like, I mean, yeah, like there was still a story to it, but it was I mean, it is basically the plot of this movie is just ha. Liu Kang has been abducted because tournament beat the shit out of people. That that there is a plot technically. It's just nothing amazing because like that was when games were very text based. Like right. when you're not having gameplay, it's not a cutscene. It's text, and you have to right. keep you know pressing the button to scroll faster. Right. Oh, I kind of miss. Especially that. when you're a kid and you don't want to read because that's for school, so you just mash that A button. Yeah. To get back to the fighting. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's weird that you're I, like, ew, cheese, because you kind of like the more H like, movies, like B, yeah, like B movies and things that are not terribly deep. Like that Typically, seems to but, be a bigger preference of yours. So it's funny that you still kind of hate most video game movies, which are basically all plot and like nothing. I don't think I've made it through one. Also, I haven't seen Monster Hunter yet, so. Yeah, I should probably go back since I've gotten into the B-movies, but I remember starting Mortal Kombat a couple of times and just be like, oh my gosh, this freaking hurts. It's so painful to look at. <laughs> just a man screaming Mortal Kombat still slaps. Mm. Just, this is part of the theme song now, do not question it. <laughs> but I like it. I'm probably going to watch Annihilation next week just to want to kill myself. I've you know. heard good things about the animated... The recent one, yes. Yeah, whoever it's, the big um, guy character is, it's like Scorpion's Revenge or Spiky something like boy. that. Yes, yeah, Spiky Boy. Um, I haven't watched it yet, and I really want to. I was kind of thinking of. I was part of me was thinking we might do that as a topic at some point, but like probably mm. not. It's just yeah, I, I do want to watch that. I've heard good things, and I think an animated movie would probably be a better format for it. Mm hmm. It's so. just easier to do. You can get better action with less yeah. effort. Pretty Mostly. much. So I was supposed to watch Kong Skull Island, but I didn't. <laughs> I was watching a couple TV shows uh, that I didn't finish. And also I just spent a large portion of my week in quarantine gaming. So I played a large portion of Hollow Knight. Uh, that was really interesting because... I felt like I was lost a lot more often. I, I played a good portion of it once before, <laughs> and then I bought it again on the Switch instead of the PC. Uh, so Oof. I started playing on the Switch, and there were. I just felt like I would explore a little area and be like, all right, now where the frig do I go? And like backtrack a ton. <laughs> uh, whereas the first time I was like freaking melting through it. Um, and then it's also interesting, this playthrough, I made it to portions of the map that I hadn't been to the first time, and there are still sections that I haven't found that I definitely found quickly the first time. So it's really, really weird, and that's part of why the internet gods love Hollow Knight so much, is that hmm. it the, the developers paid so much attention to making it open 
and yet still metroidvania like it's yeah. not a linear metroidvania it's like you go through the first two or three steps and then you can pretty much go anywhere um and it's all about just finding the upgrades to make it easier to beat the bosses instead of you have to get the double jump to get to the next area or things like that. It makes it very much not linear like every Metroidvania out there. Upgrades, people, upgrades. I started Bayonetta, which was so much easier than the first time I touched it. I think I made it through the pre- <coughs> I was trying to mute myself. That didn't work. I played through the prequel or the, the prelude quite a while ago and found it nigh on impossible, which I, I don't know why. Uh, but this time I was uh, really burning through it and enjoying it. It's super weird. And like you were saying, it, it feels like a, a cult movie that I find enjoyment in that you would probably cringe at. So yeah, I've never been able to get into Bayonetta. I did try once or twice, but it's just e. I no. I like this one a lot better than Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry was very difficult, I found, and still had the the cheese feel to it, but it didn't click with me as much as Bayonetta did. It Bayonetta feels more like it's trying to be an action movie that's cult, whereas no, I guess that doesn't really distinct <laughs> distinguish it from Devil May Cry. I don't know. It's yeah, like, I don't really like DMC either. Yeah. It, I I played the reboot game, which is not a good thing to oh. do for most things. I didn't hate it, but I it just the rest of it, I'm like, this is probably objectively better. I still can't get into it. Yeah. But he had black hair in the reboot, so it's more relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> and then the rest of my time was spent running Halo games on Legendary. Uh, like a f- Chad. So many achievements, which are cool because they have this funny glow if they're under 10% uh, of the player database has them. So yeah. I have so many shiny achievements now. Uh, mm. So yeah, I ran Halo 4 first because I wanted uh, season points. And then I did ODST. Uh, yeah, ODST. And... I'm about halfway through three and we'll be finishing that when we finish recording. I, I genuinely don't understand how you can smash out so many f- games so quickly. Like I'm not slow and it's probably because I'm a completionist. So it's a, I am excessively thorough with some things. Like I recheck the achievement list 50 times per <laughs> level to make sure I know exactly. Like I just did it last night. I also happened to have turned on halo for a couple of minutes. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try to get that. And I, totally forgot that i didn't have it because mcc you can't freaking sort through the achievements you have to do it manually mm. so there there is like eight thousand g points it's like eight games stacked on top of each other because right. there are six games in there and then there's stuff just built into the mcc itself right and it's no matter how you sort it at the top it's by unlocked locked or um closest to completion that's it. Like, you can't sort it by game. That's the stupidest f- thing. I think you can do it in-game. If, like... Um, you can, I, yeah, I you can you go just... into the MCC, like, actual, like, built-in achievement tracker, but right. it's so... It's still really laggy, and I hate it. It's kind of buried. 
But yeah, I just go to the the Steam list of all 700 achievements and they're all unsorted and there's no way to sort them. So I hear what you're saying. It's so annoying, especially being me. Whereas, because it's like MCC also has a lot more Easter egg achievements than the, at least for ODST, because that's what I was playing. My favorite, like... ODST had the same, it's like the same, it's the same game, but it, there weren't achievements for a lot of the Easter eggs versus now because it's slightly touched up and on PC and stuff. And they're like, let's add extra achievements for finding the Easter eggs, right. which makes achievement happy people like me giddy. Um, so like trying to get those and then also par time, par score and the level completion and then full game completion on legendary. And then all the things that go down from that. It's like, if you just play a game solo on legendary, half the achievements are done just because there's so many like underneath because you have ones for different difficulties. And then there's usually what two or three achievements per level of special things you can do on different difficulties or with different skulls. It's like, Oh, you know, do this level without using visor mode or whatever, which isn't difficult at all. But like, you know, stuff like that. It's just so many things, which I don't hate, but when I can't sort them per game, I want to die. Because then they're randomized. It's not even vaguely clustered or like all the par time achievements. It's these are the ones you're kind of close to completing, and then there's the oh, rest. Yeah, it's not like that on Steam. It's yeah, vaguely clustered. It, it, PC master race. <laughs> yeah, so that's driving me crazy. So that was uh, something I wanted to talk about was that playing through the Halo series has been a love-hate relationship that was 90% hate when I started. (laughs) It was like, I wanted to love it so much, but there were so many frustrating things about it. And I still complain uh, as I've been burning through uh, the series this week about a couple of things. But it has been so much easier playing co-op. And it definitely adds to the enjoyment just having another player it really playing. does it's night and day <laughs> halo is a very community-based series i i'm still willing to say i kind of hate halo playing by myself <laughs> but you've still binged all the games and you're working through on legendary how much do you hate yourself i'm playing on legendary on co-op and I'm, I've burned through almost three games in four days. So, it it has exponentially added to my enjoyment. One day you'll understand. One day you'll grow up. Listen, I'm getting there. If you had asked me a year ago, <laughs> my story would have been a lot different. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember those days. You were just nothing but pure hatred, and I'm like, you're a. F- an idiot no it still sucks (laughs) i still hate ce so much but this is not a gaming podcast so but when colin's away the gamers come out and play (laughs) (laughs) not one mention of toddler games like what he plays for happy i mean i still like i still like those sorts of like there's nothing wrong with them but also better games are better (laughs) <laughs> you know, casual games are still fun. Like Minecraft is still f-ing Minecraft. Like there's still even there's... even the trendy things and the popular things can still be good. Fortnite's still bad, but like yes, Fortnite bad. 
Um, PUBG, PUBG also bad. Uh, all right. So after so many great <laughs> achievements that I've talked about this week, I downloaded PUBG on mobile and played oh. one round oh. because I hate myself. Oof. Yep. It would run better on a f- toaster. It actually didn't run all that bad. The yeah, controls. Try it, on, are, try it on Xbox. It's so bad. The controls were complete ass, but it might have actually almost maybe changed my mind about Battle Royale. So I like Battle Royale. It's just the fact that so many of the games are shit and the, they're just marketing machines, they're right, not games. Right. So I might try. Um, have you played Apex? I have not. I think that one would, would be up your alley. That one you absolutely need two other people to play with you, and I have no friends. True. So I was thinking I might try whatever the frig Modern Warfare's version is. Uh, Warzone. Yeah, Thank you. it's not. It's not bad. Yeah, like, it's not amazing, but it it keeps your attention. I don't. I played I don't one f- round over Christmas break and was like. Maybe I still suck, yeah. but that's yeah. because I mean, I'm still the, learning how to play it. So install size is a full hard drive. Right. They do not know how to optimize their file sizes. It's ridiculous. That is the issue. So I'm like, you need get into 15 that. languages downloaded to play. You can't opt like it's so you go into what the actual files are, and it's not just because they don't know how to compress things, it's because there are so many ancillary downloads you don't need to play. It's not modular, they didn't design it to be. So instead of it being it comes pre-downloaded with English, Spanish, and French. It comes with all the other languages. You don't like download an additional language pack or get an update or specify your country, then it downloads it. It comes pre-packaged with like 15 languages, all the 4K textures, which immediately triples your file size. Mm-hmm. Also uncompressed. Same thing with audio files that are all the stupidly rich ones, which makes for really good gameplay, but they're not optimized and everything is downloaded all at once and you can't pick and choose anything. It's like all the textures for say the guns you don't have are still downloaded. Most of the time, most games like don't tell you that it needs to download something when it's something small like that, especially on like an older call of duty, you get the gun from the store. It downloads in three seconds. You don't even realize it, but now it's like, no, it's all, it's all installed. It's 250 gigabytes for the campaign and Warzone. It's nuts. That's crazy. So yeah, I might try one of them when I get home. When I'm not on a sh- hotel internet. Fair enough. That'll definitely <laughs> you up. Mm-hmm. So, I think we've more than <laughs> made up for Colin's absence. Uh, shall we talk about our main topic uh yes once i pull up a synopsis page because i totally forgot to do that and i don't want to do it by memory also i didn't read the fourth issue i suck you didn't read the contusion shame on you i know uh so the main topic for this week is kingdom come which is a four issue miniseries published in 1996 by dc under the elseworlds imprint it was written by mark wade uh and alex ross and painted uh and just illustrated by Ross. Um, basically, this was this this was kind of actually dark and edgy before dark and edgy was a thing. It's mm-hmm. like a it's a satire slash critique of why are superheroes getting so edgy these days? This isn't a good thing. You guys are stupid. 
and then people keep doing it anyway. <laughs> like, it's a cautionary tale, and nobody f- listened. <laughs> Brief summary, it uses the Book of Revelations and the uh, prophecy or story of Armageddon and its impending doom and interweaves it with superheroes infighting. Um, I don't really yes. know what else to add to that. <laughs> I mean, that that's a pretty solid way to do to the framing device. So basically, the, the world is coming to an end because people keep being dumb which is pretty normal for superhero comics. Big surprise. You have you have the old school or like the golden slash silver age heroes. And even te- technically speaking, this came out during the Bronze Age. But like, so you have the traditional heroes. You have the Trinity and the Justice League and all those great people. And then um, you have this n- new generation of heroes, which are all entirely unique. Like there is no... Ah, the, this new generation is Robin in thirty years. Like right. no, like Teen Robin's Titans part of anything. Right, like Robin's part of the old the 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 old guard type thing. So that's really cool. So it's just entirely new people, and they're just basically all Punisher. Like everybody <laughs> is f- Punisher. Everybody's just shooting people and blowing people up and killing people at any cost. It and- also takes great lengths to show that the original heroes the justice league have basically retired uh superman has gone into exile of his own accord and aquaman has gone to the sea to reign over his kingdom um batman is a crotchety old bitch in a cave it's always the only one who hasn't retired right it (laughs) always cracks me up like even quote-unquote old books like this just reach the conclusion that in his old age, Batman is going to go robotic and make robots and turn himself into more machine than man. Like he's yeah. just going to keep going by any means possible. Pretty much. And he's going to be broken and battered in his old age. On that point, I wonder, I, I would be interested in a series. Whereas instead of Batman getting older and either relying on technology or, robotics or whatever the f- it would be interesting if there was a book where he just went the other way because that hasn't really happened right where he goes towards the mystical side I, there have been a handful of stories like there's there's damien batman in the future who is partnered with satan so he can be immortal and like stuff like that but we very rarely see batman go yeah, i'm gonna use the lazarus pit and i'm gonna learn magic so i can stay alive like that yep. never f- happens yep. and i think that would be a really interesting story Anyways, a lot of the old people have retired. Um, the world is getting kind of fed up with these superheroes just blowing shit up all the time um, and causing insane amounts of collateral damage with no accountability. This 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 story literally does trickle into so many other things later in time, like past 15 years of like, oh, wait. They just have so much catastrophic damage all the time. And, you know, what do civilians actually think about all this crap? Yeah. New heroes are just reckless, irresponsible. They let people die. They're they're showboating assholes, basically. Um, and the new people, the, the old people have to basically come out of retirement to kind of stop them. Kind of. It's more complicated than that, but that's the the 
most basic way to put it. Mm. So you it end up getting a pretty deep story. It's kind of I don't want to say complicated, but yeah, it, it's dense. It's yeah. more like an actual book with Definitely. a solid plot rather than a popcorn movie. Yeah, and especially for only being four somewhat I believe they're just double issues. Uh they're like it's a solid book, but yeah, this was one of the books that I got my dad to enjoy, which is a very, very rare thing. Nice. I think I've given him a total of 10 books and he's liked like three. This is one of them where he's like, I don't like it like it, but I enjoy it because he likes the the very different art um, and he enjoys the uh, theological setting, mm. which is exactly why I love this book to high heaven. This is, this is one of my favorite, like, I yeah, this is one of my favorite. I would say just DC books across the board. So a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, Amazon Kindle had a gigantic deal on comics. And I was like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind reading a comic book. I've never read one before. So I got like a whole bunch. And so this was one of the first comics I ever got and ever read. Wow. But that's a rough place to start. That means I'm reading this masterpiece digitally on a very tiny phone screen. Ew. So that's gross. Especially having just gone from the oversized Marvels um, with art by Alex Ross, it's so hard to transition from that to a digital phone screen and read basically yeah. kind of the same thing, but probably better so. yeah that that's rough yeah so art wise probably just go there i love alex ross's art mm. so much there's a couple of character designs which i don't agree with but that's a personal preference <laughs> i can't be like he's objectively wrong it just i love how the the fact that he just paints everything and i don't remember the the style of painting it is in particular but the fact that everything is so painted it's near photorealistic half the time and what is stylish oh it's hella stylish like it's so it feels like you could touch the paper and you could feel the cloth and the cold metal of the outfits it's so tangible i was thinking i could if you touch the paper like you could feel the brush strokes like it yeah same emotion, different feel. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, this was the inspiration for the, <laughs> I would argue, cast aside uh, costume design in the latest Wonder Woman movie with the golden wings and uh, fancy schmancy helmet. Yes. So any thoughts on that? I mean, the fact that the the suit has literally meant like nothing throughout almost all of comic history, ever, like since this to even now, it doesn't really mean anything. Like it's just kind of there because it's cool. It's been used a few times and by other characters, but it doesn't usually mean a lot. It's just in this book, it's more representative of the fact that Wonder Woman is so f tired and it's like I'm just gonna start killing people now. I don't care. <laughs> like we're going to fix this problem, but like 
I don't give two shits. She's she's run out of compassion for the most part. Yep. So in this book, it's symbolic. Nothing else afterwards. Mm. Well, except Wonder Woman 84, but that's a whole other conversation. So, like, I like it. It's cool. That's not my favorite Wonder Woman suit by any means. It's just a big f- golden bird. Like, it looks cool. Mm. Mm. I was expecting hotter takes than that. Really? What do you think about Batman teaming up with the baddies temporarily? Mm. That is deep. So at first it's for good reasons, because like you were saying, Wonder Woman is kind of on the wrong side of the story. (laughs) Um, So he's like, it it feels very much like uh, in Superman Red Sun when Superman is wrong and Batman is the resistance. Um, it is kind of the same story there until Batman double crosses Lex Luthor and the League of Bad Guys for even better reasons than why he joined up with them. So I appreciated that whole storyline because Batman's the good guy the whole time. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, that was a good twist. And I, I enjoy the fact that most of these characters are just wrong. Like mm. even the Trinity, all three of them are still wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying, but they don't know what they're doing. Like, you know, it's God, God tier Superman is like, yeah, I'm still making some dumb decisions here and there. And like, even he still doesn't know entirely what to do. They're just making the, for the characters that the book focuses on, of which sadly there are a fair few that it doesn't, which I wish it did. Um, the ones that it does give a lot of page time. They are given a very adult range of emotions, like kind of an overused thing. Be like, ah, oh, the emotions are realistic, but like it's like these are like middle aged people. We're not talking realistic 20 year old people emotions are like oh you can feel the teenage angst or whatever like it's like no these are tired people mm, they're not dead retirement yet age. right like they're getting up there and they're like i'm just done with this i want to make the right choice but i don't even know what it is anymore so it's it's kind of all the characters have that to an extent Mm-hmm. For the most part, there are very few that are intentionally being evil, even the stupid young people, like even them, with minor exceptions being, you know, Lex <laughs> Luthor, duh. Um, like ex- outside of a handful, most of them are just wrong, but they kind of come to understand that at some point or another at the end of the book. Um, and I really appreciate that. It feels like it's not just neat wrap up for neat wrap up it's like oh these people have entirely different life experiences they've come through so many different things so many similar events and not similar events whereas they're going to come to different conclusions of how we're supposed to handle this you have you know superman who is jesus you know you have jesus in exile for reasons and you have you know freaking wonder woman who's basic who's like very much so leaning into the warrior side of things and then you have batman still being an angry old white dude um like you have this weird collective of people they're gonna come to naturally different places in life so the fact that they're butting heads isn't surprising and it really shouldn't be and i enjoy the fact that the by the time it's over and there's resolution there's still mutual respect there like the ending of the book is so wholesome um 
Because it ends with them like having dinner together, right? Yeah, like it literally ends with them in a superhero-themed restaurant with the Trinity having dinner. Yeah. And it's so... Oh, it's so wholesome and it's it you know it it's a wink and a nod to the silver age and the modern stuff and it's like ha huh, look at the classic costumes on the walls look at the pe- look at the little kids running around and it's also just you know it's weird seeing like batman in a warm environment that's a rare thing and whenever it happens it makes me happy it's like, <laughs> there is a there is still a person in there it's not entirely a, a, a body for justice like there is still a person I really like this book. Probably too much. <laughs> I don't like how little Green Lantern is used. That bugs me. But Yeah, and Flash is barely used as well. Yeah, that 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 one I think is a weirder choice. Green Lantern is just my preference. It's like, well, right. I, would, I like the fact that he just becomes like Space Knight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's it. I like that. But the fact that Flash wasn't in it very much was a little odd. I like the use of Shazam as well of the meeting place but instead of it being like a it's still superman centric but it isn't superman isn't really the meeting of the the human and the the metahuman worlds it's it's billy batson because he is a human but with metahuman abilities he was given who has an entire separate like form so i i really like the the way that the wrap-up has him dictate how things are going to go instead mm-hmm. of it being it's Superman giving someone else a choice. And whenever Superman relinquishes power is, is always good material to write from instead of it just being Superman's a dictator. Now we're getting a little bit too much of lately. And from being honest, getting kind of tired of it. Yeah, you're getting tired of a lot of things. Also getting tired of too much Joker, but yes. So <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on Olay book? Um, I need to borrow or at least flick through your copy of the actual book instead of reading it digitally. That's my takeaway. That's definitely a good idea. I'm a little, I believe there is an absolute edition as well, which is the black and white one. Wait, no, that's Noir. No, crap. There's one that has a whole bunch of extra stuff in it, but it's it's a really awkward sized book. The mm. absolute editions are like big squares or something. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, I don't think this would really be the book to read in black and white. I no. like noir, but no, no, no. That, I was just going to take away from confused. the artwork. Oh, absolutely. I was just being confused. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's it. Nice. Uh, so next week we are going to be Finally wrapping up Hellboy comics for a little while um, with the second short story, Omnibus, when Colin returns. And it's follow- going to be hopefully a long time before we get into the movies because I am yes. tired of saying the name. Mike Mignola. I meant the other one. Hellboy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So follow us on social media and stuff, please. That'd be cool. Um the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email at dimecomicbros at gmail.com. Visit our website at dimecomicbros.podbean.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dimecomicbros. We have to give a thank you to our still one and only patron, Business Casual. Thanks. My Business Casual right now consists of a bathrobe. So, And that's pretty much it. (laughs) No comment.
this is just coffee. Um, and it sucks because my hotel room comes with a my first coffee pot. It's super small. It claims it makes four cups, but um, the hotel room comes with these coffee mugs, kind of like what you get at any restaurant with your breakfast. It's like yeah. basically a shot, and it does two of those. So That's kind of like the one that I have, but sounds even smaller. It's small, dude. Wow. My first coffee pot. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Should put it next to the freaking Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> so. I only have two things to talk about this week. I also have two. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it's the third one, I'm... I was going to do the uh, Hail Mary Pass and talk about all my gaming. So, Ooh, that works. I'm sure we can. Gamer. <laughs> I'm sure we can both uh, talk about that for a while. To make up for our third. I am a random thought. Uh, yeah, English. <laughs> um, I had a really good thought and I lost it because I got distracted with hating Spider-Man 3. So my stack is Ghost in the Shell. This is going to be a this is going to be a rough week. Yeah, it really we need to on... suck the Disney Plus dick so hard. <laughs> I mean, we've already had them, so, you know, more. And it's tough, too, because we're trying to not get freaking blocked by them for playing their music, so. This is true. Well, if it only happens with The Mandalorian, it probably won't happen. And that's the cool thing about being so small. The YouTube algorithm probably doesn't even listen through. Because <laughs> <laughs> our listeners don't. 